Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation Point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a Cancer Diagnosis, Adaptogens for Long Life, and Abundantly Well Companion Course, WiseWomanSchool.com. You can also just go to her website, SusanWeed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine. And welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you this evening? I am enjoying the sap of the maple. I've been talking about this off and on for weeks, and the weather just continues to be ideal 
before syruping. The nighttime mm. temperatures have to be below freezing, and then the daytime temperatures above freezing. And the sap runs in the maple trees. And it's been a brilliant year for it. And so a lot of people are tapping trees. The maple is, I think, the only tree or one of the very few trees that can have a hole drilled in it and have its sap taken. And that can heal that hole and continue to live. Wow. You can get sap from other trees, like notably birch trees. You get a lot of sap from them. But what I have been told is that it will kill the birch tree to actually tap it. Mm. I know that in my spring tonics workshop, we often talk about um, birch as a spring tonic. And there's a silver birch, the one that smells like wintergreen right outside the door and I reach up and I break off just some twigs so that people can have twigs and that tree drips from the place where I break off those twigs for weeks. Wow. Wow. Whereas the maple, you have to sometimes in a long season like this year has been, you have to go and redrill your trees because the maple heals it over so fast. In commercial operations, a little uh, pellet of formaldehyde is put in the hole to keep it open for the Mm. whole season, Mm. which is one of the reasons that maple syrup is one of the things that I get from somebody I know, from somebody who's made it locally, or if I have to buy it from somebody I don't know, that I make sure it's organic. Wow, and it's so tasty. <laughs> oh, we love maple syrup. Hooray for sweet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the kind of exciting things for many people is their new relationship to sweet when they are consistent drinkers of nourishing herbal infusions. Mm. Mineralizing, you know, mineralizing your body to the extent that the nourishing herbal infusions do, allows you to really enjoy the taste sweet without running amok. Mm-hmm. Have you been up to anything this week? Uh, it's been a lovely week here. We had our temperatures above 60 degrees. Uh, let the goats out of the barn for the first time since really they arrived. And uh, yes, it's been an interesting time. Uh, personally, I feel like I could be um, analogous to the sap running in the trees. I'm 45 and um, I've been having hot flashes again, so I feel like I'm right in sync with spring and my sap is kind of running and I'm feeling um, the heat of the season kind of coming on. So it's been beautiful. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so wonderful. Yes. Mm. Yes, I noticed the little tiny little red tips of the peonies poking up above the soil and the snowdrops are just about to burst 
into bloom. Now, often we would get snowdrops as early as February, but we had deep and pretty heavy snows, so the snowdrops have just been biding their times. But they'll be mm. within the week of lots of snowdrops. I love them, so I've planted a lot of them. Mm, so lovely. So lovely. Yeah, you know, and if you're not going anywhere this year, if you'll be home in the fall, fall is the time to plant those spring flowering bulbs. And this is the, a good time of the year to order them because they're often on sale at this time. And they'll, you know, not ship you the bulbs. They'll hold on to them and they'll ship them to you at the right time for planting them in the fall. One of the things that's a lot of fun to do is to kind of, you know, look around and what kind of flowering bulbs are other people growing. And one thing to me that's really fascinating is that virtually all of those spring flowering plants are in one plant family. Hmm. Which family? The Liliaceae. Uh-huh. And it goes somewhat back and forth. Whether the Tulipaceae and the Narcissaceae and the Hyacinthaceae and the Iridaceae, you're recognizing all of these the tulips and the irises and the hyacinths, right? The crocuses. Right, and the snowdrops, these are all in the lily family. Which I think has a strong association with the goddess, being as it's about threes. Three sepals, usually colored the same as the petals. Think about a tulip bud, which is already the color the tulip will be, and those three sepals open up, and there's three petals. Mm. And then if you look, there's six stamen, which is three times two. And then if you look at the female part, which is right in the center, the part where the pollen comes, um, the end of the, the pistil, which sometimes glistens, it looks like three little little balls put together. Hmm. So there's three and then three and then three. I feel the goddess in that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Enjoy all the beautiful flowers of spring and Plant some yourself. Some of them are edible. Tulip bulbs are edible. Apparently, it's one of the ways the Dutch got through World War II was eating tulip bulbs. And tulips have flowers that open at the top. And that's a pretty good rule of thumb in the Liliaceae family. If the flowers open at the top, you can probably eat the whole plant. Like we eat mm, garlic bulbs and onion bulbs, which are both in the Liliaceae family. But mm. if the flowers open down, 
like in many of the lilies, don't eat them because they'll probably poison you. In fact, out on the plains, there's a a camas, which is in the lily family, which has two varieties, a death camas, which will kill you if you eat it, and a edible camas, which supplied quite a bit of the starch for the peoples in that area. So you really needed to know which one you were digging. Mm. Very interesting family. Their families mm-hmm. about whom we can say, oh, every everyone in this family is perfectly safe to play with. And then there are other families in which we have to say, hmm, better get to know it first. We have a body piece coach coming to be with us tonight. She's going to end your war with food and your body, and you are going to finally feel truly at home. Really, really at home, like the kind of at home where you can run around naked and not worry about what others will think. Ultimate freedom and body peace. Nina Manolson will be with us at nine, so stay tuned or come back so that you can hear what Nina has to say about body peace. And do we have anybody with any problems? Well, we have several callers that have pressed one to let us know that they would like to speak with you this evening. And our first caller is coming from the 845 area code. From the 845 area code, you are live with Susan. Oh, it must be me. Hi. Hi, Susan. How are you? Enjoying the weather today. How about you? Oh, yes, I am. And do you know that um, my snowdrops came up last week? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was exciting. <laughs> sure is. Uh, so I have a, a question. Um, okay. Last um, summer, maybe towards the end of the summer, I was lugging uh, one of my heavy uh, hoses around, and I think that's what caused me to sprain my wrist. And it's mm. not broken, but it is um, like tendonitis. And it's, uh-huh. now it's March, and it still is not, um, you know, I still still have it with me. Maybe not like it was in the beginning, but it hasn't, um, hasn't healed um, completely. It, it's still there. And um, I've tried with um, comfrey infusions maybe like once or twice a week and also rubbing comfrey ointment on it. And um, I wanted to see if you thought maybe I should um, have the comfrey infusion more Frequently, or what? What if you had anything to suggest? At the time when you got the injury, mm-hmm. what was going on? Well, just um, COVID. 
I know I'm. I know that I felt more stressed than usual, and mm-hmm. and I think this was a real lesson to learn to notice what how much I can um, do something and pay more attention. But it wasn't anything besides you know, just what everyone else is probably experiencing. Mm-hmm. Because often when there's an injury to the wrists and hands, it is accompanied by a sensation in our lives that we can't handle it. Oh. Yeah. Well, and one of the things when know. when we hit that healing plateau, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that we can shift. So perhaps, um, you depending on you and what really works for you, perhaps it would be, you know, that that you are actively do things that cause you to use your hands like knead bread or make things out of clay or um, do expressive dance. Something that really takes your hands into um, situations what about which, like a which tribute? If that works for you, mm-hmm. but if it's something you're already doing, and you're saying that you've you know hit the, a plateau, then you need to. I would say you need to be more active. Okay, but if. If you're just taking it up, then that's different. No, I've already, um, I've started it maybe like a month ago or so. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's just taking it up. Okay. So focus on the energy moving through your wrist while you're doing it, yes? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Make sure you're... Teacher is alerted to that, so your teacher can keep an eye on your wrists as well. Mm, there is no teacher. I'm just oh, not doing course. it on my own. Believe me, you're doing it on your own at home with your trusty device. With I'm doing it with um, a DVD. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. Okay. So, so you have to be your own teacher. All right. And, to keep, and keep special watch on your student <laughs> that she's careful with her wrist, okay? All right. And what do you think about the company? What I say about being both the author and the publisher is that while my um, author pays no attention at all to deadlines, my publisher at least is gentle about the fact that I miss them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, I, 
I have found when I've been working with Comfrey that it has benefited me and seemed to hasten and improve my healing when I use the Comfrey daily. Where, so, where what? So what I do is I make a quart of Comfrey infusion and I drink some of that in addition to whatever other infusion I have for that day. Oh, I see. So that I'm actually getting some comfrey every day, maybe only half a cup or a cup. I'm going to try doing that. Yeah, but it's there and it's available to my body. And... If the refrigerator is cold, the comfrey will generally hold for the four or five days that it will take you to drink it. You'll soon figure out how long you have before it goes, oh, dear. And when it doesn't smell good to you anymore, then don't drink it. Okay. Okay, because if you don't drink it in time, it it won't smell so good. Mm -hmm. And then use it as fertilizer for your plants. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Susan. I'm going to to do those two things that that you suggested. All right. Thanks for your call tonight. Have a good good evening. Bye bye. Green blessings. Bye bye. All right. Our next caller is calling from the two five three area code in the two five three you are live on the air with Susan. Hi Susan. Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Oh I'm yes, so I glad can to talk hear you. To you. Hi. <laughs> Good. I'm calling uh for some advice and get your opinion on something. I am fifty one years old and I'm entering my crone phase, menopause symptoms are they were last summer where I was missing my moon. I was having some night sweats and hot flashes, and so I thought it was a good time to make some tinctures and start taking care of myself in that dimension. So I made tinctures of red clover, violet, motherwort, and oat straw. And when I began them, about 10 days or so into it, my hot flashes, they were not uncomfortable or unbearable, but they did stop, and the night sweat stopped. Um, and then um, I started to be get, be get, begin to get really engorged in my abdominal region and um, really bloated. And then by January, I began a new moon and had my period. It lasted for four weeks. I had heavy flooding. It was quite alarming and very uncomfortable. And so I thought I should look at what I'm taking, and I stopped taking red clover and continued with the violet motherwort and oat straw. And I just wanted to hear your opinion on those things. Tell me more about making those tinctures. Okay. I use you make dried herbs. Dried plant material or fresh dried, plant material? I use dried They're all made uh, from dried plant material. Yes, and 100% vodka you or 100% alcohol. You used vodka. Pardon me? Yes. Did you use al- grain alcohol or vodka? Oh, vodka. You 100 used, proof okay, vodka. Okay, that was 100, 100 proof vodka? Yes, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, not 80 proof. No, it's 100 proof. I, it was on the bottom shelf. <laughs> Big old bottle. Of okay, it. good. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, I also, I don't it's know if this hard, is helpful. But it's I, hard for me to comment very wisely okay. because the nature of the tinctures is different when they're made from dried plants and okay. nature of the plant is different when it's tinctured. Okay. So let me ask you this. You said you're drinking nourishing herbal infusions on a daily basis? No, because I find the tinctures are more affordable. So I, that's why I went that way. Cause it's, Absolutely not. There's no way that the tincture okay. can be more affordable. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. That's like saying supplements more supplements are more affordable than buying vegetables. Mhm. Oh no. I see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. No, I can do that. I can you do that. You can't get vitamins and minerals in a tincture. Okay. You can't okay. get protein and polyphenols in a tincture. Okay. Hmm. Mhm. So and that's it's not, not a nourishing tincture. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nourishing herbal infusion. So mm-hmm. even if it's as little as two cups a day, find a way to afford it. Got it. Mm-hmm. And which one? I, I bought... <laughs> I have a lot of the dried herbs, and do you feel Good. like the red clover was? Um, red clover is a wonderful to... okay. infusion. And that's... Motherwort, okay. um, I would say, will really go well in your compost pile. Okay. <laughs> okay. In fact, people who've only used motherwort tincture from the dried plant, when they read it mm-hmm. from the fresh plant, can't believe it's the same thing. Okay. It's so different, and it so acts so it, differently. And so the motherwort would be fine. The motherwort would be I, fine. As it, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. That I usually don't encourage people to take motherwort as a tonic. Okay. In other words, it's something that I like to have on hand to take if needed, or if someone has a specific need like high blood pressure. Okay. So it wouldn't be something that I would think of taking on a daily basis. Okay, okay. And oat straw is also a nourishing herbal infusion. Okay. So it's good that you have that. Mm-hmm. And... The violet? Violet leaf? Yes. Lovely infusion. Okay. So if I were to take all those herbs and make infusions, including the motherwort, I missed that part on what you said about the motherwort. You will not drink motherwort infusion because it tastes so bad. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, you could try it, but what I suggested was that you put it in your compost pile. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. My mother decided to try motherwort as a tea. 
Mm-hmm. And she said, that's the kind of medicine that you get well after taking because you don't want to have to take any more. Wow. Okay. And as it, it feels like, like when I, I'm, I'm doing some intuitive work right now as we're talking, and as I'm yes. looking at the motherwort, as I look at the motherwort, it's um, the tincture, I don't want to let that one go. I, 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 you know what I, I guess I need you some mother in my life. And I, okay. Or put them in the compost pile, <laughs> you know. I didn't say that about the tincture. I was talking about the herb. Got it. Okay. Okay. So the tincture I thought we were talking about okay. the, the herb, yes? Yeah. We weren't talking about mm-hmm. making nourishing herbal infusion from the tinctures, right? Yes. Yes, yes. Okay. From the herb, yeah? I'm just, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Certainly keep the tinctures okay. you've made. Okay. But not use them as often? Was I doing, was that too strong? But or instead of using the tinctures, make nourishing herbal infusions and drink the nourishing okay. herbal infusion. Then, okay. if you need motherwort tincture, you have it. If you need okay. violet tincture, you have it. If you need oat okay. straw tincture, you have it. And say okay. tinctures, once you take an herb and make a tincture out of it, you've turned it into something that can't nourish you, and so it needs to be used with more caution and less frequently. Okay. That's the whole point of using alcohol Mm -hmm. is to make the plant more drug-like. Oh. I'm learning something. Okay. So when would I, when would I um, need a tincture then? I'm just, like, what's the, uh, what's, What's its purpose, you know? The purpose of a tincture is to give a focused effect. Okay. Immediate? Or or to preserve a plant that's in short supply because we can use less tincture. Okay. Or... Um, to extract poisonous parts of plants. Oh, my. Okay. So let's see if I can find this in... Yes, here we go. In Abundantly Well, on page 159, there's a box that says... Make an herb more dangerous from safest to least safe. First, eat a little of the fresh herb. Then, make tea with the fresh herb or preserve it in honey. Then, infuse the fresh herb in oil. Make a tea of the dried herb. Then, make a vinegar from the fresh herb. Then, make a dried herb infusion by steeping it overnight. Make a decoction by boiling the dried herb. All of these are nourishing. Okay. Tincture the fresh herb in 100 proof vodka. Tincture the dried herb. Take the dried herb in a capsule. These all now become herbal medicines. Take a standardized tincture of the herb. 
Inhale, apply bathing or ingest the essential oil or synthesize a drug based on the herb. And these are all pharmaceuticals. Okay. So from safest to least safe. Mm-hmm. Tincturing okay. the fresh herb is a little safer than tincturing the dried herb. Mm. And using those dried herbs to make an infusion is better yet. Okay. So what's the difference? The difference is what do we do every day? Every day we drink our nourishing herbal infusions to promote good health. Yes. And then when we have a specific malady or when we choose to use a specific tonic, we would often choose a tincture. So somebody (laughs) says, hmm, like I said, wow, you did this show on Hawthorne, Susan, and you kept saying Hawthorne for the aging heart. And guess what? You're older than 65. So I said, yes, Hawthorne for the aging heart. It's a plant that works slowly. So I've been taking a dropper full of Hawthorne berry tincture that I make with the dried berries and Mm hundred-proof vodka because I don't live in Mm -hmm. a place where it grows, although I have one tree. It's growing, it's growing. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, I usually let it sit for a year before I use it. Oh, my. And um, because of the dried plant, it takes a lot longer to really get everything from the into the vodka. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a heart tonic that I'm taking, right? Okay. And people who actually have heart conditions mm-hmm. could also take. Hawthorne berry tincture. Okay. And they would probably take more of it and more frequently, and they might also, as my sweetheart does, want to take motherwort mm-hmm. tincture as well. Mm-hmm. Because that's and good for the heart, too. It's easy on the heart. Mm-hmm. Because motherwort tincture is helping him grow new blood vessels. He comes mm-hmm. from a family in which no man in his family has lived past his mid-50s. And wow. he's now in his, in his mid-70s. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And on the angiograms, um, they can see the motherwort causing his body to make new blood vessels where his other ones are being blocked up. Mm. So he also uses motherwort for a specific reason, right? Okay. If I'm in a lot of pain, I might use CBD tincture. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to mm-hmm. take it on a daily basis to prevent pain. Okay. This is great. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Yeah, that solved a huge mystery. I couldn't understand what was happening to my body. Cause I, but I, now I get it. I haven't been nourishing. I've been treating it, but not nourishing my body. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. and, that, and mm-hmm. that, that was your goal, was to really nourish. Yeah. 
Yes, yes. yes. Especially at this age, part of it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we can just, what I say to people is find a way to make the expense of the herbs be okay. Let it replace something else that you've been buying. Yeah. Because totally really when it, it yeah. comes down to it, it's what, about a dollar a day?
And what, right. How do you spell the other one? U-V-A. How do you That's spell right. the first U-V-A, U-R-S-A, U-V-A, egg of, Ursi, bear. Uva, Ursi, egg of bear. Bear is okay. egg. It's a... It's a Fancifully said that the uh, leaves that look like like bear eggs. Of course, bears don't lay eggs, but that's okay. <laughs> Got it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. And and of course, of course, cranberry juice. I'm yes. sure someone or another has talked to you about cranberry juice. Yeah. And it. If at all possible, it needs to be unsweetened cranberry juice. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, for some women, depending on the severity of the urinary tract infection or how chronic it has become, you might need to cut back or eliminate all sources of sweet for a while. Okay. That would include, that would include fruit. Okay. okay. How much? Right. But it, 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 I'm not saying that that's always necessary, but for some women who have chronic urinary tract infections, it makes the herbs more effective if those urinary tract infections are not thriving in urine that has some sugar in it, right? Right, right, right. Right, there well, should be little or no sugar in your urine, but there's some sugar in everybody's urine. That's why they test for it, right? But you want to really cut it down because it feeds the bacteria. Okay, and how much tincture do you take in a day? Again, it depends on the urinary tract infection. And it, this would be in the probably the mildest form. They're not even sure if I do have that. I'm 49 and I've never had one. Um, uh-huh. But I asked the doctor, is there any um, other way to treat this, you know, um, naturally? And they said no. It, it, it would only be antibiotics. So I didn't trust that answer. Um, but it was, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't trust them. <laughs> no, um, but so, it would be on the mildest end of the spectrum. So, and did you say that you had gyro tincture on hand? I do. So, what I would say is sit with the tincture and get a little water or infusion or juice, whatever you want to drink, and Take the, unscrew the dropper and squeeze the bulb so the dropper is what's called a dropper full. It's really only half a dropper full, but we call it a dropper full. And mm-hmm. put it in the hand you don't write with. Put it in your non-dominant okay. hand. Your right hand, put it in your mm-hmm. left hand. Mm-hmm. And allow yourself to squeeze the dropper just enough so that a slow drip of drops comes out. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four. And I might go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Because your head will be a little unsteady. That's okay. And feel when it's time 
to stop. And you will have okay. counted the drops. Okay. Say, okay, that was eight drops, right? Mm-hmm. Or, wow, that was, you know, the whole dropper full drop by drop. Mm-hmm. So get a sense from your own body and from the tinctures that you made how they want to work together. Okay. All right. Perfect. Good. And Thank you very call much. Back, call back in a couple of weeks and let us know what happened, all right? Yep, I will. Thank you. You're welcome. Green blessing. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller is calling from the 410 area code. In the 410, you are live on the air with Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes, I hear you. So, I can hear you very well. Okay, good. Um, I've been working on high blood pressure. I bought your course, the first one for blood pressure. Um, since September, I've been exercising 30 minutes a day. In December, I started incorporating the foods that you mentioned in your course, um, not on a daily basis, but, you know, somewhat. I have, like, a checklist. And I've been taking motherwort, tincture, hawthorn, and passionflower. And sometimes my blood pressure is, like, not so often, but it's, like, you know, like 118 over 84. But, like, it's also like 145 over 97. It's like all over the place. So I was reading in David Hoffman's book that yarrow can be used for blood pressure, um, that it opens up the peripheral blood vessels, but I, I just feel hesitant to use it, and I just wondered what you thought or if I could make make other changes. I think you're doing a fabulous job. And it sounds like Yarrow is the star of the show tonight. How wonderful. Uh, (laughs) Madam Yarrow runs a school of self-defense. So she's always a good ally to have. Mm -hmm. And I would be excited to hear what happens okay. if you work with yarrow and see if it's the magic ingredient? It's okay. it's interesting to me that you've chosen to work with um, motherwort and passionflower and hawthorn. Okay. And I understand it's kind of a keeping all bases covered move. Mm-hmm. And I think that you might, at this point, want to see what would happen if you don't take all three of them, if you let one of those go. Mm-hmm. And again, okay. I'm suggesting this because you're at a place where you you want to make a change. 
Remember um, that life is about complexity and variance. Complexity and so, variance? Complexity and variance. Uh-huh. Being various is a survival characteristic. So mm-hmm. the fact that your blood pressure is sometimes high and sometimes low is a, is very, means that your blood pressure is variable. Mm-hmm. And are these blood pressure readings that you're doing yourself at home? Yeah. Yes. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I find very fascinating is to spend a couple of days doing all the things they tell you not to do. Mm-hmm. Take your blood pressure after a hot bath. Take your blood pressure after an argument. Take your blood pressure after a meal. Take your blood pressure after an orgasm. Take your blood right. Just get in there and take your blood pressure after you go to the bathroom. Right. Find out what's happening with your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really getting into it. When I was doing this, my friend said to me, you're obsessing. And I said, it's just for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that okay. I found was wonderful was that yelling at the apprentices makes my blood pressure go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, they say, oh, you know, coffee makes your blood pressure go up. Not for everybody. Some people say, no, coffee really brings my blood pressure down. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, when I get a high one, I get afraid, and then it just kind of stays high. Or yes, stays because higher. you got afraid. That's a good time for motherwort tincture. Uh huh. Because okay. it helps lower your blood pressure, it helps ease your anxiety, and it's good for your heart. Uh huh. Okay, so should I just kind of go with the flow with yarrow? See how I feel, how how much I should take, and when? Or I think that's an um, excellent idea. Uh-huh. I don't think you're going to need a lot of it. Uh-huh. My yarrow feels very in strong. In fact, in fact why don't you start here? In, tonight, instead of brushing your teeth with toothpaste, brush your teeth with yarrow oh. tincture. Oh, I often do that. You already do Is that? that? Like a, I, I, I do it half the time. Half the time toothpaste, half the time yarrow tincture. And then you also do like a yarrow in a little water rinse afterwards. I haven't done that. Why don't you include a yarrow rinse in a little water afterwards and then whatever water's left, drink. Put a whole dropper full of yarrow in the water, use it to rinse, to get rid of the toothpaste. You know, there's a lot I have against toothpaste. Essential oils, uh, right? Artificial Mm -hmm. sweeteners, you know what they do to your gut flora? Oh, yeah. And every toothpaste has sweeteners in it. I'm using it less and less, but maybe I should just like stop. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe this yeah. is maybe this is the the reason. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And see where that see where that takes you. Okay. Again, um, I I don't don't think that. Having high blood pressure 
as well as having a low blood pressure or reasonable blood pressure is going to make you a big candidate for a stroke. Mm-hmm. It's okay. the consistently high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. It's the okay. consistently poor diet. It's the consistent lack of exercise. Mm-hmm. Once okay. you start changing, right. once you start changing those things, you've disrupted that pattern of consistency that gives rise to those problems. Okay. You've created variability. And you're in a place right now where you're seeing a lot of variability. But eventually that will come to a place that I think you'll be happier with and less anxious about. Okay. So my mother is very sick with stage 4 ovarian cancer and I see that makes my blood pressure go up when I'm dealing with that. Like, is that, like, okay, or, like, should I, I don't know. How how wonderful that your body can respond in that way. Your blood pressure <laughs> goes up because you care about your mother, and, <laughs> and your body says, I'm going to fight for her. We're going to mm-hmm. get you ready to fight. So that mm-hmm. you can save your mother. Okay. That's an interesting look at it. Yes. It's yeah. a positive look at it. Instead of, oh my goodness, look at my blood pressure. She's going to want to put me back on blood pressure medicine. Meaning my doctor. Yes. I understand. Okay. Yeah. I, un- I understand okay. how distressing it is to have your mother dealing with, dying of, stage yeah. four ovarian cancer. It's not fun yeah. for anybody. Yeah. And it makes your blood pressure go up, yes. Uh-huh. How well put together we are. Okay. That's a good and when we, when we honor ourselves, when we say thank you, Thank you for wanting to take care of this, and we can't. You can also turn off that stress response. How would I do that? By saying, by saying thank you, feeling it, saying thank you, saying it, feeling it, saying I feel how much stress dealing with my mother's diagnosis is creating in my body. Thank you, stress. Thank you for getting me ready to fight. I'm doing everything I can. Back off. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And you'll feel the difference. You will feel the difference. Okay. I'll try it. All right. Thank What's you your so mom's much. name? What is your mom's name? Her name is Hermione. Like in um, Harry Potter. Hermione, what a lovely yeah. name! Thank yeah, you for sharing. Thank you so Hermione. much. And Thank blessings. you. Green blessings. Thank Good night. You. Good night. Okay, uh, we have four callers that have pressed one to let us know they have a question. Our next caller is coming from the 401 area code. 
We've got to get past the gap. All right, past the gap. Here we go. And we're looking at... Um, okay. Eating on the wild side. Oh, okay. Drop that down. Joe Robinson. Okay. Great. I'll give that a listen. Right. Are you familiar with the work of Weston Price? Yeah, I um I do have some of his stuff in a lot of Sally Fallon's books too, which you know has a lot of info as well. So Excellent. Um, yeah, Excellent. so those are my go tos. Okay. Great. All right. And then what else yeah. is in the resources here? Catherine Shanahan, Deep Nutrition. Deep Nutrition. Okay. Thank you. Oh, and, so. Yeah, those are a couple of good ones. That'll be a good start. Yeah, I like right. to just poke around. And, That's out um, of, again, out of the whole, um, there's a long list at, in the resources section of Abundantly Well. Yeah, I'm going to go back into that. I actually didn't think to do that before asking. Um, I wanted to call with a, I have a poison ivy question, and I said, well, oh, poison ivy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I figured it's a good time to handle it, not leaked out, and <laughs> my forearms are covered, which is fine. I'm, I'm a gardener by profession, so I get it, you know, here and there every year, and I can deal with it. But I woke up this morning with it around my eye and my eyelid and the corner of my eye, and I wondered if you had any advice as far as relief or um yes yeah. last year you took some jewel weed and you boiled it up in some witch hazel and you're going to apply that to your eyelid or you took some jewel okay. weed and you boiled it up in water and you froze it even better yet and you're mm. going to apply that to your eyelid failing okay. either one of those things you are okay. at the very least going to apply some ice to your eyelid Yes, there's been ice all over my arms, and okay. Um, yes. Would uh, chickweed do? I'm only asking because I have chickweed because it's been so warm. I'm seeing little bits of chickweed come up in my garden. Um, the jewelweed sure, obviously you, is not up you yet. Can use but, some chickweed. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and make sure that you make that, that you put up some jewelweed this year so that you have it. Right. Oh, I, definitely. Will. I usually see it. You know, it always grows with it, and um, and I'll use it. Right at the moment, you know, right in the time that I know I'm in it, I smear it all over. But I haven't made anything lasting. So, I'll, so boil it either in water and make cubes, or well, which is all right. The thing about jewelweed is that if you have been exposed to poison ivy, jewelweed provides a ready source of moisture to wash it off. It's not protective. Ah, okay. In any way. Oh, okay. That's why the jewelweed soaps that they sell don't seem to do anything. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> but it sells you can it wash off poison ivy um, oil, but you have to use cold water and soap, not mm-hmm. hot water, because hot water opens your pores and right. lets it in. Yeah, right. Yep. And, yeah, and so you can use jewelweed. If you don't have cold water and soap, because jewelweed has the little saponins and it's really wet. 
I see. Okay. I had that all misunderstood. thought it was the magical So it can wash the poison (laughs) ivy oil off your body after exposure to it. Now, usually, usually jewelweed grows in what kind of of environment? Kind of a, uh, usually where I see it, it's kind of a wet, soggy, kind of wet, like feet wet. Wet, soggy, kind of shady environment, huh? Mm-hmm, yep. And poison ivy <laughs> likes to grow in what kind of environment? A disturbed environment. <laughs> disturbed, usually dry and sunny. Uh, right, yep. Okay. So they're not really partners. You might find a creek with a high dry bank. Mm-hmm. So there would be jewelweed like down in the creek and then poison ivy up on the trees on the high dry bank. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's the thing is it's usually in I work in like manicured gardens and things so and I'm on the coast so there's I do have many microclimates, so I'm probably yeah. Seeing them near each other and assuming they're howling up to help me. <laughs> right, but in fact, really, they're not. It's just, just yeah. kind of like. It's just, it's just a wet, saffron enriched plant. <laughs> that's good when you don't have a thing. Exactly, that's good, right. And so you can extract that mm-hmm. and a particularly effective anti poison ivy constituent by boiling the plant in either water or witch hazel. Hmm. If it's in water, you freeze it as ice cubes, and you can both drink them and apply them. It's a pretty powerful anti-inflammatory. If it's in witch hazel, you can only use it externally. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Any, any, anything you've ever heard about the people who have said you can eat one of the first small leaves of the season and poison ivy? That is. Yes, you, you swallow that. it whole. Okay. Don't chew. Have you had you had success? Yeah, yep. I and some people um, e- dipping it in honey is preferred by many people. Oh, right, because it covers it. Yeah. So that yeah, you yeah, don't actually get it. And what people have said yum. to me is it, in fact, sensitized them to the poison ivy, so they did not carelessly tromp through it. Hmm. So yeah, I I'm never, but I suspect that you're a poison ivy murderer. Um, well I I'm trying to rehab my grandmother's yard. I inherited her home and, and had some trees it's down. It's okay to say um, yes. It's okay yeah, to say well, I'm poison ivy murderer. It, but you have <laughs> to understand that if you're gonna murder poison ivy, it's gonna try to get back at you. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do know that. Okay. <laughs> so you said you have been placating it. I have been what? You've been no, placating no, it? You've been it? Why? You, no, you've been placating the poison ivy that you're murdering? Uh, no, I have not been taking it. Just... While you're rehabilitating the garden? Are you, are you clearing it out? I'm, I am pulling it up. It's it's like a... Yeah, we don't have to make war network. in our garden because when we make war, we get shot at. Good point. I certainly got shot so in the eye. So you can remove <laughs> the poison ivy with gratitude. What I do is go first and say, yo, poison ivy, I know you're here to heal and protect the earth, 
and I need this job. I need to be the one who's going to heal and protect this earth. So I'm going to ask you to leave so that I can do it, and I want to reassure you I'm going to do a really good job. And I tell this to the poison ivy as many times as I need to, and until I think that it's really hurting, and then we set a date for when it's going to be removed. Sounds good. And I've even cut down trees covered in poison ivy vines, right, with chainsaws. That's exactly what happened, yeah. And not gotten a rash because we did that first. Right, right. So I am a real believer in working with the power of powerful plants like poison ivy. Mm, Yeah. And not coming in, you know, like a, um, you know, white girl who thinks she can just do whatever she wants. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, I am empathetic, but I, <laughs> I guess I was not empathetic. Well, yeah, and I am a white girl <laughs> who's been taught that I can have whatever I want, and so I really need to slow down and see how I can approach things differently. Yeah. It would be wise because it's a huge mass. Exactly. <laughs> and, and It's funny. And, yeah. It's funny you say a piece of it because the gallon. Poison ivy is waking you up in the middle of the night going itchy itch. Oh, it sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to bring a chair and sit down and have a talk with it. And have a talk with it. And then what's the plant of the night tonight? Have you been listening to the show? Uh, I was also putting my son to bed, so it's been in and out. Oh, that's absolutely fine. The plant of the night tonight has been yarrow, and yarrow is a yarrow tincture is a wonderful remedy for poison ivy. Oh, okay. Topically or internally? Yes, topically. So if you have any yarrow okay. tincture at hand, splash some yarrow tincture mm. on there, making sure not to get it directly into your eye. Right. Right. But yeah. If you have yarrow in a spray bottle, you can close your eyes and spray it right on your face. Mm, yeah, like a mist. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Alrighty. Green All blessings. Right. blessings. Take care. Good night. Okay, we have three callers with their hands raised, and are you ready for the next caller? Yes. All right. From the 908 area code, you are live on the air. Oh, hi, Susan. Can you hear me? I can. Hi. Hi, it's Carol Raftis from New Jersey. I thought I recognized your voice, Carol. Thank you for telling me it is you. Wow. How are you? Oh, wonderful to hear your voice. Um, Yours, um, too. Oh, so, um, happy belated birthday. Thank you, thank you. Was it recorded at all that we could see it again? Um, that's a good question. Supposedly it was. Oh, oh, love um, to You know, maybe email wisewoman at Herbs Healing um, and see, and ask that question and see what kind of answer you get. Okay. Very good. Uh, wise right. woman at, at herbs healing. At just plain healing. At healing. At H E R B S herbs. H E A L I N G healing. Herbs healing. 
wise woman at herbs healing i guess it's dot com yes thank you um yeah. susan i'm having yes. um well i've probably had it for maybe a year um probably since covid um began but um i'm having um sleep disturbance in the night so basically no matter what time I go to bed, and I usually go to bed maybe around 9, um, I wake up at 2, 2, 2.30. And then um, I go to the bathroom, and then it's mm, iffy if I'm going to get back to sleep again. So sometimes I try to get back in my own bed, and sometimes I come downstairs and get on the sofa because sometimes that helps. And last night I took some mother work because my mind started, um, you know, thinking of thoughts and worrying. Um, And I just wanted to ask your advice because getting a decent night's sleep these days, and I find also a subplot of this is I find that during this COVID, I, I need more sleep to kind of, myself going um so i was asking your advice you have probably heard me tell the story of how i whined to elizabeth cooper ross that she wasn't giving us enough time to sleep (laughs) and she looked at me and she said sleep is useless for you She says, if you're going to demand to have that much sleep, then this kind of work isn't for you. Oh. She said, your problem is that you don't know how to rest. Oh. She said, if you will learn how to rest and you will devote yourself to resting at every opportunity, then you will be surprised at how little sleep you need. Hmm. How much did Thomas Edison sleep? He was a pretty productive person, huh? Oh, yes. Yes, he was. Uh, And how much did he sleep? I'm not sure. He was a famous non-sleeper. Oh. He didn't even have a bedroom. He had a place he could Mm. lay down in his laboratory and take a nap. Oh, okay. Michelangelo is another famous non-sleeper. Pretty creative, huh? Mm. Yeah, very. So I can point to person after person throughout history who we know um, didn't sleep a whole lot and nevertheless pulled off a really brilliant, mm. vibrant life. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is anthropologically what we know is that Many indigenous people don't have a period in which everybody goes to sleep. Because, <laughs> yo, that's kind of stupid, isn't it? <laughs> people tend to sleep when they want to sleep, and they wake up when they want to be awake, and people are always sleeping or awake, or what is, you know, what is needed. And at some points in our life, we sleep more, and at some points in our life, we sleep 
less, but it's really an industrialized nation pattern to say you lay down at a certain time after dark and go to sleep. (laughs) And then you have to get up with everybody else and go to work. (laughs) And then if you haven't had enough sleep, well, you don't have to go to work. Or you get to be cranky or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So generally what I find is the best solution to your problem is when you wake up in the middle of the night, do not in any way attempt to go back to sleep. Oh, I'm tired. I No, you just say, that's it, I am up. So Carol, what is to prevent you from taking a nap the next afternoon? Oh, I guess I could, but but I've heard. But taking a nap, I've heard, can interfere with your sleep at night. If it's a long nap, if you're what right. you're trying to do is to create an industrial robot. <laughs> then I agree. Don't let it have a nap and only feed your baby every four hours. It's only trying to annoy you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tossed Dr. Spock out of my fifth floor apartment in New York City. I'm like, I can only pick my baby up once every four hours. Are you crazy, man? (laughs) Oh, you're so funny. Be a kinder parent to yourself, okay? No. Let yourself have a nap. Okay. I'll tell you what else. If I wake up, I say, ah, this is a good time to meditate. This is a good time to listen to that blog talk I wanted to hear but was too busy to (laughs) hear during the day. Ah, this is a good, right? Yes. There's a lot of things that can be done laying in bed with your eyes closed. Okay. And to me, those are restful, aren't they? Yes. I mean, I'm not going to, like, listen to the news. (laughs) Right? I'm going to listen, you know, to Buddhist chanting or, you know, something peaceful. Right? Yeah, peaceful. Yes. And I can have those things even queued up if I want to. So yes, that if I if I am in need of something soothing while I lay awake mm-hmm. in the dark appreciating my consciousness and my ability <laughs> to be alive and to perceive yes. right, yes. instead of harassing myself for once again being a bad child and not sleeping. <laughs> And you know what my favorite sleep remedy is, is hot chocolate. Oh. In the middle of the night? <laughs> In the middle of the night. 
<laughs> you want to, you know, I make my I make my own hot chocolate. I don't use a powdered mix. I use a couple of tablespoons, right. a couple of heaping tablespoons of sugar and a couple of heaping tablespoons of organic chocolate powder, cocoa powder. Right. I mix those thoroughly together and then slowly pour milk into it and heat it up. Mm. Whisk it. It's well blended. And then if you right. don't want to drink it right then, just let it chill, put it in the refrigerator. And mm-hmm. heat it back up again in the middle of the night. What does it take? A minute or two. It's milk. It heats fast. Yeah, right, right. Right. You can do it half asleep. Yep. All right, Carol, I'm so glad you called. I'm so glad to speak with you. Thank you so much, Susan. Great blessings. Good night. Yes, you too. Okay, our next caller is calling from the 510 area code. And the 510, you are live on the air with Susan. Hi, good evening, Susan. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. What's up? Um, I am calling um, because I have had um, pretty intense digestive issues for about a year, um, and I do know uh, the root cause of it, which was um, extreme stress um, at a job that I frankly should have left, um, that I frankly should have left. Um, um, I didn't because COVID happened, so it organically kind of went away. Um, and, you know, through lots of uh, research, you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to fix my gut lining. I'm um, drinking my nettle infusion for, for iron and for mitigating histamine issues. But I'm really wondering if um, there'd be an herbal strategy for really supporting my vagus nerve and what that um herbal cocktail would be and I did think maybe yarrow would be one of them so I'm joining the yarrow uh, movement we love yarrow tonight so let me ask you this first of all are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions on a daily basis um yes 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 I am yes um I'm I'm kind of going back and forth between um nettle and comfrey uh-huh. And when you say back and forth, like nettle for a couple of days and then comfrey for a couple of days. Yes, correct. So the nerveines, which are oat straw and linden, are the ones you're not using. No, I am not. There's a reason that there's five herbs in the rotation. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I do not. I, I wasn't aware of this rotation of the, of the five herbs. Oh, okay, got it. Linden, red clover, uh, oat straw, yeah. nettle, all right, comfrey. Nettle and comfrey, good, but just two out of the five. Yeah. So what I find produces the best results is to use all of them. And as you use all of them, there will be times when you think, I need more of this. And that's Mm. perfectly okay. Got it. And it's 
frequent that people start out and they just use one or two of them. But as you expand into using them all and rotating through them, the benefits do seem to really magnify. Got it. Okay, so those those five specifically. Yeah. High in protein, high in minerals, high in vitamins, and so far as I can tell, linden is one of the most powerful anti-inflammatories available to us. Wow. Okay. Far okay, better than incredible. turmeric. And let Whoa. me ask you this: Are you, yes, far far better than turmeric. <laughs> Um, are you using herbal, what's called herbal supplements, which is herbs and capsules? Um, I am for a couple of days because of a naturopath uh, gave them to me, um, but I know that I'm supposed to avoid that. It, what I find is that when there's been any kind of damage to the gut, that um, things that are taken in capsule form um, are like further the damage because they are so upsetting to the um, to what's going on in the gut. Mm-hmm. So, um, as Benjamin Franklin said. Um, if it's it doesn't really give you benefit, is it free? <laughs> right. 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 So, um, Slippery Elm. Are you using Slippery Elm right now? I I have just started to in the evening. What fun. What's your preferred way of using it? Um, uh, well, I actually love it in a, a burdock ginger tea at night. I've I've really um, been pulled to burdock mm. because of its um, um, blood cleaning, et cetera. I, I'm I am pulled to that. You know what um, blood so, you know what blood cleaning is code for, right? No. Blood cleaning is a term that was made up to describe herbs that were thought to get rid of the syphilis. Oh, wow. There's no such thing as cleaning your blood because there's no toxins in your blood. Helpful. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't really well go to the herbalist and there was nothing but the herbalist to go to and say, you know, my doctor says I need these herbs for syphilis. It really makes you like, you know, not party worthy, golly. So they just had to make <laughs> blood cleansers. I'm sorry, I missed the, the last part. I believe you said something blood yeah, cleansers. Yeah, so they just had, so they, since it would, you know, make you, you know, socially unacceptable to get herbs that treat syphilis, they made up this idea of blood cleansing herbs and said that syphilis was um, a, a disturbance in the blood humor. They didn't even really mean by blood necessarily what you think of as blood. I understand. That's an amazing lesson and story. Yeah. So, you know, bloodletting and getting the poisons out by bleeding people, um, this is 
you know, then just replicated in herbal medicine with this idea of blood cleansing. My understanding is that if we nourish, then there will be nothing that we need to cleanse. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I have been kind of obsessing with this cleansing um, in my mind even, which is doing more damage. And so nourishing, nourishing. Nourishing, soothing, yes. Yeah, soothing, yes. Thank you. That really helps me a lot. Yeah, and burdock is soothing, but you might want to reconsider the ginger. Um, yes, the ginger is there because I I am cold. I'm a, I'm a cold person. Um, and also according to my acupuncturist, I am cold internally. So spicy food is out of course. Well, but burdock um, is very but, cold. So it's like okay. the burdock and the ginger cancel each other out. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. And okay, it, let's see if, yeah, I only have two minutes. I can't explain to you why what you think about cold and what they mean by cold is like totally different ends of the universe. Got it. No worries. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is, this is really see, helpful. See what happens if you don't do the ginger and if you, you know, get the chills, well, then um, go back to the ginger. But I, I think that you will find um, some real ease if you just leave the ginger out, okay? I'm going to try that, Susan. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Good night. And it's my pleasure to welcome Nina Manolson, M.A., NBC, HWC, Body Peace Coach. Nina helps women end their war with food and their bodies and finally feel truly at home in their body. Really, at home. The kind of a home where you can run around naked and not worry about what others will think or if you're good enough. The kind of good that allows you to have ultimate freedom and body peace. Nina is a certified psychology of eating teacher, a nationally board-certified holistic health coach, and a certified body trust guide. She helps her clients move past the deprivation diet paradigm and into a compassionate and powerful way of eating and living, which creates deep, long-lasting change in and with their body. Nina works with individuals, groups, and she writes body poems all in service of helping women create a respectful, yes. nourishing relationship with their body. Welcome to the show, Nina. Thank you so much, Susan. I am so delighted to be with you. I have many of your books on my bookshelf. Oh, thank you so much. Are body poems short? Um, some of them are. Would you like to hear one of them that's shorter? Yes. Should we start right there? Yes. All right. So um, here's 
one that's pretty short. It's called I Need to Bathe in These Words. And this poem came out of uh, talking to a client of mine when we were talking about the goodness of her body. And she said, oh, my gosh, I just am always criticizing myself. I feel like I need to bathe in these new words. Mm. So this is the poem. It's called I need to bathe in these I need to bathe in these words. She said, I need to bathe in these words. They are new. They are unfamiliar. I don't yet know how to float and breathe and soak in these new words. Words that remind me that my body is lovable as it is. That my body is worth caring for instead of controlling. That my body is not a personal flaw. I'm so saturated in my body is wrong, the wrong shape, the wrong weight, the wrong cravings and desires. I've been swimming in shark-infested waters that attack my cellulite, my wrinkles, my belly, and my double chin. I've been wading in the murky end of the ponds, and the leeches are sucking my self-worth from me. I want to bathe in these new words of wholeness, enoughness compassion. I need to hang out in the cool pool with the goddesses of every size, shape, and color. They nourish me. I need to bathe in these words. I need to absorb their wisdom into my cells. My body is worth caring for. I can find pleasure and joy in my body. My body is my sacred home. I'm imagining that if I bathe in these words, my body will flow instead of gasping in fear and regret. I need to bathe in these new words because they are healing waters. They are the truth. Brava, brava. Oh, how beautiful. Thank you. Oh, how magnificent. I'm recalling a time at Joy Lake in Nevada with a group of women that I was teaching, and we were ending with a big ceremony, and we were going to strip naked and paint ourselves mm-hmm. ceremony. And there was a woman who was very large, certainly over 300 pounds, and she was a little shy. But when we got to the day where we were going to do body painting, she stripped off her, off her clothes, and she says, paint me first, I'm the biggest. Mm, right? Celebrate. Celebrate my body. Right? It was Celebrate. So glorious. It is glorious, right? Um and, and we're raised into this culture where we don't see the glorious nature of our own body. Right? And I started writing body poems because I felt like a different language needed to come forth about how we talk about our bodies about what's possible for the relationship we have with our bodies, that in fact we are having a relationship with our body, right? Like even that story you just said, her relationship with her body changed over being with all of you and feeling like she was in a safe place and being able to step into a place of, yes, celebrate my body and to really enjoy the relationship she had with her body. How daring it is of you 
to be willing to not just celebrate yourself and celebrate your body, but to celebrate all women's bodies, because women's bodies are incredibly various. Yes, and isn't that wonderful? And wouldn't that be so powerful for all of us to grow up with, yes, there's not just diversity in our world of color or religion or, you know, culture of any kind, but also body shape, body size, to really embrace that diversity as young people so that we're not raised in the sense of my body should look a certain way, I should live up to this bizarre cultural ideal, and that that's the only way to be healthy is if my body looks like that Hollywood ideal of um, very small if you're a girl. If you're a girl, right. Absolutely, right. If you're a man, you've got all the other different kinds of body ideals laid on you. I work with women, so that's the, that's sort of the lens that I look through. But And women are raised in this, you know, idea of thin is better. Thin is the best. Thin's where you get your power. Thin's where you get love. Thin's where you get success, right? Like there's all this um, privilege that comes with if you fit into that cultural ideal versus let's celebrate the diversity. Do you have a personal story that brought you to an aha moment? Or is this kind of something that you grew up with? <laughs> I did not grow up with <laughs> The only reason I laugh, I did not grow up with this. Um, I, was on I had a feeling you I, didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, right? We do the things in life that help us heal. So yes. I have been working right. I have been working with women and their relationship with their bodies for 30 years because when I was 10 years old, I went on my first diet and then spent oh, oh subsequent my Yep, and then spent spent the subsequent 30 years dieting on some kind of diet or another and always feeling like I wasn't doing it right. And always feeling like, well, you know, if I just tried harder, if I just had more willpower, if I could just get in control. And I did all the things, right? I went to therapy. I did all the nutrition learning. I, you know, did all the exercise things. I learned yoga and meditation and mindfulness. And it really wasn't until I brought all those pieces together that our relationship with our food and our body isn't a nutrition. It's not only a nutrition issue. It's not only a mental health issue. It's not only a lifestyle issue. It's not only a cultural pandemic, pandemic, right? It's all of those things, right? It's a relationship that we have with our body, with our emotions, with our food, with how we take in the messages of our culture. It's all those things. So it wasn't until I was able to kind of bring all those things together into what I call the nourishment dynamic um, that I was able to go, oh, this 
is the conversation that's missing for women, how to be in an authentic, powerful, connected, um, peaceful, trusting, caring relationship with our body instead of an adversarial relationship. Right, that's what I was brought in, up into. Be the I, my body is my adversary. I need to control her. I need to manage her. Right, but we all know those relationships <laughs> work really well. Right, they just they flop. And so, what we want in the, to feel good in our own skin is a sense of allyship, a sense of partnership. It's like I love what you just said to the most recent uh, person asking a question is like, let's add in the nourishment, right? Let's add in the soothing, right? Let's take out the conflict. Right. Right. You don't, you don't have to punish yourself to get well. No, exactly. Exactly. You don't have to punish yourself to get well. And that's exactly what our diet culture is constantly feeding us is that message of no pain, no gain, right? Just restrict a little more, just, you know, add on a little more shame because if maybe if I felt bad enough, I would do something. But that approach puts us on opposite teams from this amazing vehicle, uh, temple, vessel, that's carrying us around in this lifetime. I've also, in my over 50 years of working in this field, never seen anybody create lasting change starting by putting themselves down. Yes. It's, that's, I love how you said that. Like nothing, nothing has become, has made a long-term impact when it starts from that enemy relationship, right? Exactly. In fact, you can make, you can make a lot of short-term change. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, the, the data backs that up, right? 95% of diets end up within two to five years with people gaining their weight back, if not more. 95% of diets, right, because they're starting from exactly what you're saying, that putting ourselves down, that restriction, let's, okay, we've got the plan, right? It's, it's, it's that diet cycle of like, okay, this is it. I'm going to get really serious. And it comes with some hope and optimism. Finally, I have a plan. I know what to eat. I'm not going to second guess. I'm not going to feel bad at the end of the day. And then there's some great success in the beginning, right, that short-term success that you just mentioned and then from there goes this well wait a second i'm feeling kind of controlled here and it's our nature to not want to be controlled by by an external force or even by ourselves and so eventually we rebel and we're like forget this and we feel like a failure because we haven't been able to you know, stick with it. And every morning we're like, okay, I'm going to start again. And every night I'm like, oh, I feel like such a failure. Okay, tomorrow I'll start again. And so then we're feeling bad about ourselves. And then, okay, I'm going to do something now. I'm going to go on a new diet. And back we go around in this cycle of self-hatred, shame, and dieting. How did you step out of that? Yeah. (laughs) 
so part of the, the big shift for me was to um, let go of dieting, to really take an anti-diet approach and to take a nourishment approach and to take a peace approach instead of the enemy approach. So to start to shift from the fixing to the caring, right? When we're in that place of fixing, I just got to, I have a problem. I got to fix it, right? And there must be a cure. So if we can shift from that lens into how do I care? How do I tend? How do I be to myself that person that I would be in relationship with, with somebody who I really cared about? And that was the shift to really be in intimate, positive, authentic relationship. Is it always easy? No. Is it sometimes uncomfortable? Yes. Right? No relationship is like, woohoo, hunky-dory, 24-7. That's just not, that's not, that's not real. Right? So to be in like, oh, wow, I'm really sad. You know, my tendency would be like, you know, I think I'll have a little bread and butter here to just soothe that. Turn that volume down on the sadness. Wow. Okay. So bread and butter for me, you know, in this precise moment, I'm not that hungry. You know, I'm going to bed soon. It's not really going to work for me right now. So, you know, maybe right now I just need to feel my sadness. So to be with the discomfort of actually being with ourselves and not having food be the only tool in our toolbox to comfort, to turn the volume down on pain, to soothe. Beautifully, beautifully said. Pain is inevitable. We're in bodies. <laughs> we have feelings. Yes. Hurt. Yes. Yes. Turn the volume down on the pain. But there's other tools in the toolbox too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, right? That it's getting comfortable with discomfort. Being in an authentic relationship with our bodies is really like, okay, pain is gonna be part of this journey. How do I be with this? How do I authentically comfort myself, soothe myself? You know, and I'm not saying, you know, I don't know, a lovely, you know, rice pudding isn't the most perfect thing sometimes to, you know, what I call nana food. Like when you're just like, oh, I just want something to, to like just a lovely comfort food. Sure. I'm not, I'm not vilifying comfort foods. But again, if that's the only tool in the toolbox, it's the only thing you know how to do to soothe, to comfort, to turn the volume down on the challenges of every day, then, you know, we need to talk. We need to dive deeper. We need to get into how do you navigate being a human being in a body with discomfort without food being the default setting for everything. What are some of your favorite tools in your toolbox? Oh, for me, it's always water. I need water, whether it's a bath, whether it's one of those ice. I'm very near where I live. There's a float tank, 
place that I love. I live in Boston, and I'm near uh, Float Boston. Um, I swim at Walden Pond. I paddleboard. If I'm on water, I'm like, (sighs) even if I just see water, like it's the winter and I can't get in, even if I'm just by the ocean or by a pond, for me, it's incredibly nourishing. A glass of water, for me, it's like it's just the element that I need because it reminds me to flow. It reminds me to flow. It reminds me to be compassionate. It reminds me to, to be fluid with life because I can get a little bit earthbound, right? A little bit like, okay, it's supposed to be this way. Come on. <laughs> and so for me, what's nourishing is that flow. Yes. And one other thing yes. I just want to say to go beautiful back to beautiful that you theme. know yourself so well yeah, that's that like you a while. know. How to how to give that to yourself. It does take a while, and I often remind people that with a child, you would let a child say, I want that, take a bite, and then put it down and go on to the next thing. You can do that with yourself, too. You, you don't have to be right the first thing you choose. So beautifully said right it's an experimentation it's curiosity what nourishes what supports me right and to realize too that um our our bodies even our cravings even the even the cravings that we go oh i can't believe i ate that all of that is a desire for coping for survival Right? It's the way we're trying to cope. So even the unwanted, especially the unwanted eating behavior, is a cry for, I'm doing the best I can here. I am trying to survive this. Right? Everybody's giving themselves a hard time for gaining weight during the pandemic. I'm like, isn't that wonderful that the food helped you survive a global pandemic? How amazing the food can do that that you felt like still full enough of life that you would eat. How life-affirming. And how amazing that we live in a time in a place where we can actually eat enough to gain weight with this going on. Yes, yes, right? What abundance. perspective. What abundance. What amazing abundance that we have connected to that we have access to all of that. Right. When you are working with women, what would you say is most women's biggest challenge? I would Mm -hmm. say it's the television. Hmm. The television. That's so interesting. In terms of, and you're saying the television because it's where they're getting, um, messages about message about how they're supposed to look right so the media is constantly telling them what they should look like and how they should be and I think that that is a huge um, it's like noise so one of the things I'm all forever talking about our relationship with our body Right, we're try- we're desperately trying to have this authentic relationship where we're talking to our body, we're listening to our body, we're connecting. What do you need? What do you want? How can I support you? Right? And what's the thing that keeps getting interrupting that conversation? What's the thing that gets into bed with? We're trying to crawl into bed and have this intimate relationship with our body, and there's something that gets in the bed with us and interrupts our conversation, and that is the media, that is diet culture, telling us 
we should go on this new diet for seven pounds in seven days. We should go on this new diet and stop eating for most of the day so that we feel like our blood sugar is crashing and then we'll eat anything in sight. We should go on this new diet that does this or that, right? And so I agree with you that that media, wherever it's coming from, television, phones, computers, magazines, Hollywood, all of the the media that's telling us how we should be in our body. It's really an interruption on our powerful relationship with our body. And for women, I feel like it's like it, it, it gets my feminist uh, cry going of, are you kidding me? Get your hands off of my body. Get out of the conversation between me and my body. Stop. Right? Don't sell me another product, another diet, another you know, miracle cure. What I need most now is support to be in reverence, to be in listening, to learn again that my body has the wisdom that she needs to, so that I can feed her well, so that I can respond to her needs. Yes. Oh, yes. And easier to talk about than to implement. It's, yeah. I find I find most people have a very hard time even understanding the fact that I don't have a television. That the last thing I saw on television was Kennedy's assassination. <laughs> well, you we already know are very well. I, I really know. like. I know that I know that I do not need to see that that it will interrupt, as you say, it will interrupt my conversation with myself. Yes. Yes. I I had had an apprentice who came to me and she said, I don't know if I can do this. I said, what's the problem? She said, my mother played music all the time when she was pregnant with me. And then there was music in my nursery when I was a baby. And then, you know, I got old enough to have my own earbuds. She said, and so my life has always had a soundtrack, she said, and I'm not allowed to listen to recorded music here. She said, I'm allowed to make music or to sing, but I'm not allowed to listen to recorded music. I said, that's right. She said, I didn't know how I'll live with that recorded music. I said, you'll figure it out. By the end of her stay here, which was six months, she had received from the earth enough songs to produce her own album. Right. Right. When we stop and listen to ourselves, there's so much wisdom. There's such richness. Right? There's, there's, our body is there waiting for us to be friends, to share, to say what we need. And our job, and it's not easy. Like I say it like it's our job, like no big deal. But what we've been so indoctrinated in the other way, it does take some unlearning and it does take some re-tuning in to actually be that person who can sit with our wisest teacher, which is our body. Ourselves, exactly. One of my very first had weekly unthink sessions. Mm -hmm. And she would bring us together to unthink things that we thought we knew. Yes. It's a really excellent start. Thank you, Margo. I'm sure she's Mm -hmm. not... Uh, with us except in spirit anymore. 
I know that um, our time is drawing to an end, and I feel like we've just begun to talk, Nina. You have so much to share. It's so fascinating. But let me be sure that people know how to get in touch with you. And that's at ninamanolson.com, N-I-N-A-M-A-N-O-L-S-O-N.com. And you can... Also, um, find uh, body poems at um, uh, backslash body dash poems backslash. So that's ninamanolson.com backslash body little dash poems backslash if you want more body poems, which we opened with. Mm. What do you want to talk about that I haven't asked you about yet? You know, what I what I want to say mostly to women who are struggling with their relationship with food on body, women who feel like if I could just lose the weight, if I could just, you know, stop this or stop that, or, you know, if I could just stop eating whatever it is that they're eating that they wish they weren't, is to say that the struggle can end. This doesn't have to be the way you live, that there's a lot of energy leaking into the struggle and the war with food and body, and that really you can come to peace with your body. And once you do, all your energy is freed up to do what you're meant to do here in the world. So body peace is possible. Body peace. Nina Manolson is a teacher of body peace. If you have noticed while you've been home alone that you're not at peace with your body, Nina Manolson can help you find a way to change yourself by starting with not changing anything. <laughs> Perfectly said. Yes, by deeply honoring and listening. By by deeply being exactly as you are right now mm-hmm. at this moment is the only way I have found to create lasting change. So beautiful. Seems so odd. You think, wait, wait, wait. No, but I don't want to be where I am. I want change, but no, no. <laughs> to initiate that change, you must be right where you are, and Nina, wonderful guide for that. Thank you so much, Nina Manolson, oh for my being gosh. with us tonight and for helping to reweave the healing cloak of the ancients. Mm. Sarah Ellen, thank you, as always, for being so right there for us all to connect us. And remember, everybody, herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's the medicine of the people, by the people, Mm. and for the people. Spring is springing everywhere around. Green blessings are right out your back door. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Green blessings. Good night. Thank you so much.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.